Welcome to Searchlight, a survey through Scripture with Pastor John Corson. It is our desire to bring you a systematic study of the entire Bible, chapter by chapter, book by book. Do you know that the Lord is coming back soon? God tells us this in so many ways, and we are discovering another way here on Searchlight. Pastor John has been taking us through an overview study of the entire book of Joshua that shows us that it is a prophetic picture of the Lord's return. John has shown us many, many prophetic parallels between Joshua and Jesus. One of the main ones that we have seen so far is how Joshua conquered the land and drove out the usurpers in seven years. This is just like Jesus, our Joshua, who will drive out Satan, the usurper, from this world during the seven-year tribulation period. As we continue this study today, John is sharing with us about the return of Jesus and our role in that. Here now is Pastor John. So the stories unfold, and again, we could comment on many of these, but as we now cruise through, we see the victory being secured, and we see there in Joshua chapter 21, if you want to flip there, now after seven years, the land has come under the conquest of Joshua completely. And Joshua, in chapter 21, reiterating and reminding the people as he's going to do, reminds them in verse 45, there failed not any of any good thing which the Lord had spoken unto the house of Israel. All came to pass. Just like was promised, it all came to pass perfectly. And then he goes on to say, it's all done, but you have a role to play in chapter 23. You have seen, verse 3, all that the Lord your God has done to these nations. For the Lord your God, verse 3, is he that has fought for you. And now, verse 4, I have divided you by lot, these nations, to be an inheritance for your tribes. Verse 5, the Lord your God, he shall expel them from before you and drive them out, and you shall possess their land. Now listen, the tribulation period, seven years, has now come to a completion. Joshua said, God came through just like he promised to in every single way. And now you've been given land, and here's your job. Rule your land and take care of any remaining opposition. Jesus Christ, after seven years, the tribulation comes to completion. He comes back. We come back with him. We rule and reign. And he gives you and me a job to do in the next thousand years in this new land, this kingdom age called the millennium, 
where he divides us our inheritance. That is, each one of you, each one of us, literally, truly, are going to have a role to play in the millennium kingdom. Ruling over certain areas, having certain responsibilities, God's with you. The victory is won, and now it's your job, my job, our privileged responsibility to do what they did. That is to rule the territory. And the land was divided up. You can read in the last three chapters of Ezekiel how when the Lord comes back again, he's going to divide the land of Israel. How when the Lord comes back again, land is going to be divided. And so too, not just for the Jew, that's also true, but for the whole world, we're going to rule and reign and have assignments and responsibilities just like is said here in Joshua 23. Oh, by the way, Can I put it in reverse for one moment here? We're almost done. (laughs) Adonai Zedek, this Antichrist, remember what happens? Joshua goes after him, and he hides in the caves. Tries to hide in the caves in Joshua chapter 10. But he's discovered there. In the book of Revelation, for you guys that, again, are taking notes or want to think this through, Uh, at your leisure in revelation chapter 6 i'll read it to you the kings of the earth when the tribulation has taken place the kings of the earth the great men shall hide themselves in the rocks of the mountains and they'll say to the mountains and rocks fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sits on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb for that great day of his wrath is come who shall be able to stand Kings are hiding in caves, Revelation 6, just like Adonai Zedek and his boys hid in caves. And they say in Revelation 6, fall on us rocks. What happened in Joshua chapter 10? Remember what happened? What came down from the sky? Rocks, stones, either hailstones or a meteor shower, depending on how you choose to interpret the word there. But same thing, it's perfect. And Adonai Zedek was in a cave. And remember what happened then, how it was going, the battle was raging, and there needed to be an extension of time, so Joshua said to the sun, what? Stand still. Listen to this in the book of Zechariah. Speaking of that time, in the book of Zechariah, chapter 14, I'll read it to you. But it says in verse 8, talking about the end times, the last days, the coming of our Lord, it shall be on that day, which shall be known to the Lord, not day nor night. It shall come to pass that at evening time it shall be light. Zechariah 14, verse 7. In other words, when the Lord comes, when our Joshua comes, it's going to be a long day. No more night at all, you see, on that day. Perfect parallel. So in Joshua 10, Adonai Zedek, a picture of who? Antichrist. Mad at who? Well, yeah, true, but mad at who specifically? The Gibby, who picture the who? The tribulation Christians who get saved during that time. And, and, and who comes and helps out those Gibeonites? Joshua. But the Gibeonites become what? Servants in the temple, different category. Just like the tribulation saints become servants where? In heaven, in the temple of heaven. And Adonai Zedek hides away in a cave. Just like in Revelation chapter 6, it says that kings are going to hide away. And stones are coming down, just like in Revelation 6. Fall on us, they'll say to the stones. 
just like it was a long day in Joshua chapter 10, the sun stood still, so in Zechariah, the same thing is true. I know I'm probably confusing many of you, but that's part of my ministry. (laughs) But for those of you that are able to grab bits and pieces of this and, and put it together, man, it's an amazing picture that's being painted. And I would encourage you, to perhaps take these things that you've jotted down or maybe get the tape if you choose to. And if you want to, you can put these things in chronological order as you just march through Joshua, which I thought about doing with you but chose not to because I wanted to paint an overall picture, a scenario. But be that as it may, you can do that if you choose to take that assignment on. So now we're coming to the end of our story. Joshua. Seven years have gone by. The enemies have been conquered. Oh, there's still some stuff to to deal with. But now he says to his tribes, you deal with that. The land is at peace. The millennial kingdom is when at last men shall study war no more. The spear will be turned to pruning hooks. The sword into a plow. The lion shall lie down by the lamb. The proverbial way it's put. Every man abides under his own vine That means everybody's taken care of financially. Things are right. But it's going to be still a a job for you and I to do to rule over this planet on behalf of Christ as representatives of Jesus, you see. Just like he's saying now, I'm giving up territory. You take this, you take this, you take this, and you take that. And they had jobs to do. Just like you and I will too. But then... Joshua, in that classic passage as we now come to the end of the story, Joshua says, after the land has been divvied out and after assignments have been given, speaking of you and me, what we'll do in the millennial kingdom, he then says to everybody, he says in chapter 24, Joshua declares, fear the Lord and serve him in truth, verse 14. And if you want to choose the gods that you're fathers served before they were believers then do so but as for me verse 15 in my house we will what and people are called on to make a choice did you know what's going to happen in the millennium see after we rule and reign with christ for a thousand years we're locked in we're in our glorified bodies but people that are on the earth that are ushered into the millennium they will propagate they will have families and grandkids and great-grandkids, and the world is going to grow immensely demographically, increase in population greatly. And those folks will not have had a choice because righteousness is being enforced by Jesus, Joshua, ruling, and our enforcing his righteousness. He in Jerusalem, we in the various places, the territories that we've been assigned to govern over. But then, at the end of the millennium, A choice has got to be made. Satan, who's been in the Abuso for a thousand years, is going to be let loose, we are told, for a little while. To do what? To give people an opportunity who have not yet made a choice. They just grew up in the millennium. They didn't ever go through what you've gone through, what I've gone through. They knew nothing but peace and prosperity. And they have to have a choice too. And so Satan's going to be let out and people are going to choose. Choose you this day. 
If you want to choose the Lord or if you want to choose the God that your fathers, your ancients served on the other side of the millennium, on the other side of the flood, you choose. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord, Joshua said. But you choose. And there's going to be a choice. And you know, many, many people will choose to follow Satan. And there'll be one last massive conflict at the end of the thousand years, after we've been ruling and reigning, now you, you say, might I choose that? Might, might, is that, what, will I be, no, you're locked in, good news. You've made your choice. You're locked in. You're stuck being a part of the kingdom forever and ever. You're, you're, you're stuck in God's family. What a great place to be stuck in. But those will have to make their choice. You choose. You choose this day. If you want to serve that God that your father served before the millennium, on the other side of the flood, on the other side of, of the river, on the other side of the kingdom, you, you choose. And there's going to be one final war. The end of Revelation talks about so clearly. Between Satan and those that choose to follow him and between the Lord and his followers, that's you and me. And Satan and his followers are going to be cast off into outer darkness, into Gehenna, and done away. And then this world and heaven is going to be folded up and disappear. And a new heaven and a new earth are going to wonderfully, suddenly, miraculously appear. Because this earth, even though we've had a thousand years of Prosperity in the coming millennium. It's still been polluted by sin and tainted by rebellion. And heaven itself has been tainted by rebellion. For where was Lucifer when he rebelled against God? He was in heaven. And still has access to heaven. Revelation 12 says, He goes before the throne day and night, accusing you and me of, of our sins and shortcomings. But praise the Lord. He's the accuser. But the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you. And we have an advocate with the Father, Christ Jesus himself. See? So choose, and they'll make a choice, and some will go with Satan, and some in that millennium kingdom that are birthed at that time will say, why would we want to leave this one who's been so good to us these 500 years or 300 years or 1,000 years, however old they might be individually? And they'll choose the Lord. Others will choose Satan, and there'll be one last conflict, and then a new heaven and a new earth, and we're rid of sin and evil forever and ever, and we all live happily ever after. Just as Joshua portrays, you see. Well, there's the story. Amazing. Fantastic. And I want to leave you tonight with just a simple, simple exhortation, if I may. If you choose to go back through Joshua again and read it in that light, you will see even more pieces of the puzzle. I left out a number tonight, but you'll pick up on many. And it just blows the mind. And all that's to say, this isn't a fairy tale. God is declaring in Revelation clearly what's going to happen. In Joshua, we see a story in picture type illustration. And I've got great news for you. Things are going to work out. Things are going to be all right. 
In a day not too far away, you and I are going to be caught up into heaven, come back with the Lord and rule and reign on the earth, and just enjoy watching him handle every problem perfectly. And we're going to go to Jerusalem, we are told in Zechariah 14. Wherever he might station us, whatever we might be doing, we go to Jerusalem and we're with the Lord. And things are going to be awesome and grand. And that's only the beginning because then comes the new heaven and the new earth when there's no more sin, flesh, weakness, inconsistency, None of that stuff that, that, that we're all sick of. Anybody here sick of your flesh? Anybody here tired of just dealing with stuff that pops up and continues on? You're in good company. Paul the Apostle said, this great godly man, Paul, he said, what I want to do, I don't do. What I don't want to do, I do. In me, that is my flesh dwells no good thing. Who shall save me? I thank God for Jesus Christ, Paul says. I'm forgiven today from the penalty of sin, but tomorrow, one day, I'm going to be removed from the very presence of sin. And things are going to be so right. Things are going to be the way they're supposed to be. It could be, might be, it may be tonight. And if it's not, hey, then tomorrow we're going to lift up our heads and say, Could be today. Could be today. See, that's the way the Lord wants you to live. Of that, I have no doubt. I know the Lord wants me to live every day saying, you know what? No matter what pressures might come upon me or problems might plague me, fact of the matter is, I'm going to heaven. And it could be today. So I can take a whole lot more things a whole lot less seriously. I'm convinced that too often, too many of us take too many things way too seriously. This all passes away. This isn't it, see. There's coming a day when We're going to be ushered into his presence physically. See the millennial kingdom established. And then a new heaven and a new earth. That's when it really begins, you see. That's when it really starts. Awesome. For you that are believers, this is the worst it's ever going to be. It's going to get infinitely better. If you're not a believer, this is the best it's ever going to be. And and I feel for you, truly. But you can join us who have believed, simply believed that Jesus loves us. And and Christ Jesus died on the cross for my sin, yours too, and paid the price. He rose again. He'll come into your heart. He'll take control of your soul. He'll give you a fresh start and then take you to heaven on that day. It's not very far away. I just think we're coming to the end. I I, I watch the thing in Israel very closely, like you. And I realize, what more would the Lord have to do to get my attention than to make Jerusalem the center of world focus in these days? The Lord is saying, my coming is near. It's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. 
You, if you're here tonight and you've never opened up your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, you're headed for hell on earth. And then, and then sad to say, hell forever, literally. But your way of escape, oh, I'm not into escape. Well, the Lord says, pray that you might be worthy of escape. The way of escape is available to you tonight by opening up your heart and saying, all right, Jesus, come in. Forgive me of my sin. Take control of me. Prayer room's right over there. A number of pastors are going to be there when we're done to just pray if anybody here is not sure where you stand. Or maybe you are sure where you stand. But somehow, in recent months or years, you've lost sight of heaven. And, and you find yourself just taking things way too seriously here. And depression sets in. And anxiety wells up and can't sleep at night. And you feel like, man, I'm just so uptight. Could be that you've lost sight of the hope of the coming of Christ. Maybe, maybe taking a moment to go to the prayer room and say, Lord, I want to live today from here on in the way that you told me to. Lift up your head. Your redemption draws nigh. Don't let your heart be troubled. I go to prepare a place for you, and I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. It's the way to live. The world has lied to you, and the world has lied to me. you got to be practical. Don't become so heavenly-minded you're no earthly good. Let me tell you something. You will be no earthly good until you are heavenly minded. Because if you're not heavenly minded, you get bogged down and depressed and discouraged and bummed and blue. But if you're heavenly minded, when I'm heavenly minded, <laughs> something happens to me and happens to you. Your heart's not troubled. And sure, there's challenges and Difficulties, but there's this overarching optimism and peace and happiness and, and this freedom that happens when a man is doing what Jesus said, seek first the kingdom. When a woman does what Paul declares, set your hearts on things above and not on the things of this world. It's the way to live. Look for the Lord every day. I don't care how old or young you might be, every day may that be stirring in your mind and filling up your heart. Today could be the day. Oh, Lord, John said, come quickly. And may the Lord bless you as you do that. Be talking about heaven. Be looking for the coming of the Lord. See, don't let anybody rob you of your joy, of your happiness by saying, oh, well, you know, heard that before. You're one day closer than you were yesterday. That's for sure. Lift up your head. Things are going to be grand. We're going to be there, kids. We're going to be there, gang. It's really going to happen. really is going to happen. I'm so happy that the best is yet to come. Because I love life. I really do. But, you know, I'm looking forward to what's ahead.
And we should all be looking forward to what's ahead, because what's ahead is the return of Jesus. Our Lord is going to come back soon, and then all things will be made right. As Pastor John said, the best is yet to come. This teaching is also available on the Searchlight website at johncorson.com. You will also find on the website Pastor John's books and other Bible study resources. Again, the address of the website is johncorson.com. Most of us desire to spend more time in prayer, just talking with the Lord and hearing from Him. But we often struggle in this area of prayer. In order to help us have a more consistent and effective prayer life, Pastor John has a book called Praying Through the Tabernacle. This book shows a model of prayer that is based on the Old Testament tabernacle. This is a very practical tool for everyone who desires an intimate walk with the Lord. You may order Praying Through the Tabernacle from the Searchlight website at johncorson.com. Searchlight is a listener-supported ministry. We appreciate your prayers and support. May the Lord richly bless you.